This is the Run Pod Option. I'm Marty. I'm Kyle. And I'm Jeff. And I'm Josh. Wait, no, I'm Corwin. I'm the other one. Hey, it's Corwin. Welcome back, Corwin. What's up? Glad to be back. If you're interested in listening to old football takes, uh, in week four, Corwin stood in for Jeff, who I believe was either out of town or sick. Ah, uh, he was uh, scouting UNLV. Oh, that's right. He was scouting <laughs> UNLV. I forgot. As like an actual scout? No. <laughs> no, he was there for like a business conference, but uh, we told the public that he was in an in-bed with UNLV, and it hasn't worked well for UNLV. No. I might have torpedoed them. If you're new to the show, welcome. Take a second to subscribe. Follow us at RunPodOption on Twitter. Email us, RunPodOption at gmail.com. Uh, we appreciate everything. We appreciate you guys. And Corwin, do you want to do kind of a 60 seconds on who you are, where you come from, and drop that podcast information? Yeah. So if you didn't listen to the previous episode I was on, go re-download it for these guys. Listen to it again so I don't have to give this spiel again. But uh, I'm Corwin. I'm the co-host of the Juicing the Numbers podcast. We talk a lot of baseball. We talk a lot of football. And we talk about a hell of a lot of stats. Uh, It's a great time. Uh, Josh and I hate each other, so there's a lot of shit talking. If you know you want to listen to people who like each other, listen to this. If you want to hear two guys just really tear down the other person, just physically and emotionally, listen to Juicing the Numbers. Uh, you can follow us at Juicing Pod or uh, at Juicing the Numbers anywhere you listen to podcasts. Well, it's kind of funny because there is a parallel with with Josh as a Jets fan. And we know how hard it's been for him. And Kyle's a Syracuse fan. And uh, can I call him up so that you could tell that again? About him being a Jets fan and just how yeah, unfortunate how it, is. it is. I could run him into the ground about the Jags last weekend because yeah, just whip each other's ass. Let's go ahead and get on to college football. So the I bought big a Jack jersey yesterday. That I don't know you. why that has anything as, to do with anything. Is like an in, is an entry rug. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really like Paul Pelosny, man, and I just I miss him, and I just want to have one of his jerseys. Forgot oh about God. Paul Pelosny. Actually, man. do we have time for a quick story? Yes, yes. Let's go ahead. So Paul Pelosny went to Penn State. You know, two-time Bednarik Award winner, Buckus Award winner, two-time Consensus All-American, absolute stud at Penn State. The first time I met him as a child, I cried in front of him. It's the biggest moment of shame in my life. But like two years ago, I was like, man, he just retired. I want to get his jersey. I don't want to get a Bills jersey because who the fuck wants one of those? So I went and no. got a Jags jersey. Exactly. Uh, ordered it off eBay. It was a great price. <laughs> it was I a got fake. it. <laughs> I put it on. It wasn't a fake. It was perfectly real. The problem was it was a woman's jersey. It was <laughs> a little too tight. Oh, uh, you had a no, belly shirt. It was something. I still have it, so maybe I'll send you guys a picture of me wearing it, and you could have it be the new logo for your podcast. Yeah, we'll put it as a cover art. It's a Paula Pazlesny. <laughs> God damn it. Well, enough about poor man Sean Lee. Uh, damn it. I was going to ask Paul Pazlesny or Sean Lee. Uh, Paul Pazlesny, for sure. Because okay. he's got that, he's got a really blue collar last name. I think that's what's so attractive about it. And have you seen how thick his neck is? If you Google Paul Puzzlesty neck, it's it, the neck's wider than his head is. Uh, to wrap this back in, uh, <laughs> thicker neck, Paul Puzzlesty or Ed O? Oh, um, Paul Puzzlesty definitely had a thicker neck, and I'm going to go with him. 
No, not as fun of an accent, but you know, <laughs> no, not nearly. I don't think I've ever heard him talk. Pazlesny? He's yeah. a mute. Uh, it's nothing extraordinary. It's not going to shock you with what his voice sounds like. It's just a normal dude. Silent rage. So, yeah. so for anybody that's a regular listener, you'll notice um, there's going to be kind of a, a Big Ten overload. We're at max capacity here with Corwin repping Penn State. He's actually a student there. Jeff, obviously, with Michigan. Wait, really? Which one of y'all? Uh, oh, yeah. 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 All right. I'm headed out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should have had me on for the whiteout game. Well, come on. Which one of y'all are more worried about their coach going and replacing Willie Taggart at Florida State? <laughs> I'm not worried. <laughs> oh, it sounds convincing. <laughs> I have a coach that actually wins big games, so why would he leave? Oh, there it is. Shots fired. Counterpoint, Jeff. Well, I think Franklin has. I mean, Franklin has pretty much achieved all he's going to get. He's backdoored his way into a big time title and backdoor won enough games. Way. So, I mean, no, honestly, but genuinely, what what else does he have to do? They're going to get what close to the title? playoff this year and get blown out in a playoff game. So that's we'll see. Okay, so we're, let's let's start. like let's, you guys are going to get blown out of listen, blown out by Florida more, in a bowl game again. <laughs> y'all are more aggravated than a Florida State booster. Let's let's take this down a notch. We're just going to have uh, I guess around the horn style show today, cause, <laughs> this, which is cool. It's fine by me. So let's. I'm going to ask a two sided question about the Willie Taggart thing. One, I'm going to ask each one of you if you think he deserved to get fired this early, and then I'm going to ask you who you your dream candidate to take that job would be perfect um in a good way not like i want it to be a shit coach because i want it to be mark stoop so they suck like not that take but like genuinely who think it'd be a really good fit for florida state so kyle i'll start with you do you think he was Eh, mark stoops is whatever no we don't Uh, like mark stoops it was just i know that's rumored uh, and it's very underwhelming (laughs) he's a dude um so willie taggart no i don't think he should have been fired yet he's not the one that this is his second season. He's not the one that put together the entire team. And as I said in our preview uh, preview episode, they weren't great with Jimbo the year before, like the year before Willie Taggart got in there. I think they were like three and five in the conference. They were already on a downtrend. They need to build themselves back up. Giving a guy a year and a half is absolutely ludicrous. But whatever. I guess if you're going to be Florida State and you're going to be like that, then maybe you do deserve Mark Stoops. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who do you think is a good replacement for him? Has anybody called up Urban Meyer yet? No, there's no chance. <laughs> there's no way he would ever agree to that. The, set, the scenes, though, of him going there and Florida just imploding. Florida it, fans would actually just go jump off a bridge. And it would be hilarious. And Miami fans would be throwing all the money to also try to get him. Like in three years. He would kill so many birds with one stone. It would be hilarious. So Urban Meyer is going to be your answer? Him or just go find Charlie Ward and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, I'll take my turn here. I think that – I think he was fired too early. I do agree with that. But I think it's his fault only in the way – that he did everything the opposite of what Scott Frost did. So Scott Frost came in and said, like, listen, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And Taggart came in and goes, listen, I thought I was going to, I think it was like a quote. He said, I thought it was going to be a bunch of turds, but these guys are actually pretty good. And so saying that, you, you question two ways. One, can you actually evaluate talent? Because, hey, they ain't good. And then the other side is, 
Or are you just going to tell us what you want, think we want to hear, you know? To be fair, he was judging it off of like a flag football scrimmage. He didn't actually get to see his offensive line block. Yeah, it was it was a downloaded roster for NCAA 14 that he saw like a super sim of. And he's like, man, 300 yards. Uh, that's pretty, pretty impressive. And Look at this guy. He's an 87. He can't be bad. What, a, what think, a left guard. I think my dream replacement for the coach just kind of, I think it's also a really entertaining one to think about. But I really would like to see Bob Stoops there yep. and kind of unfortunately be the death strike to the XFL this early on. But I think Bob Stoops could do great things there because I don't think it's that hard if you're that good of a coach, you know, maybe Vince McMahon would challenge uh, the entire set of boosters from Florida state to a, to a hell in a cell. He would just buy Tallahassee. (laughs) Corwin, what is a, what is, what's your take? I don't think it's too early. I think he's kind of shown what, he's been able to do at Florida state and it's not much. Um, I agree with what Kurt curb street was saying with, he's basically just destroyed the culture at Florida state. These guys are undisciplined. They were starting fights with um, Miami fans before the game. They're just, they're not playing a clean football. They're not playing clean football. Willie Taggart, saw a comment on Twitter basically saying that uh, they didn't have an offensive playbook and that they were just using Kendall Bryles to just wing it for every game. And he was like, yeah, no, we don't have an offensive playbook. And that's just infuriating <laughs> when it comes to, you know, bringing a new coach coming in from Oregon and bringing pride back to just a really fantastic football program after Jimbo just decided he wasn't going to coach there anymore and just wanted out. Um, and Or if Jimbo saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, you could argue it both ways, but that last year he knew he wasn't going to come back, didn't really recruit all that much, um, and it kind of put Taggart in a hole before he even started. But, I mean, he hasn't really shown he's been able to recruit. Uh, the year before, uh he came in 2016. The recruiting class was third in the country. They were a consensus top five recruiting team every single year leading up to that with Jimbo. As soon as he comes in with a couple guys left over from Jimbo, they dropped down to six in 2017. 2018, they dropped down to 11th. And two years into it, uh, after bringing in Taggart, they're already down to 19 in the country. So recruiting is not looking good. Um, especially when you are the premier college uh, historically in the state of Florida. If you can't recruit for Florida anymore, what do you do it? It's you know the biggest thing that Florida State has had uh, to really keep themselves up. And he, I just I haven't seen anything that Taggart's done that really shows me that he's the guy for Florida State. So okay, and what coach? I want Lane Kiffin, man. He's over there at FAU. He's a good coach. I like him. (laughs) I think he'd bring the right attitude to Florida State. And I think he's also kind of shown the fact that he's been at Florida Atlantic now for almost three full seasons because I think I would have taken the under. I think most people would have just based Mm -hmm. off track record that he's he'd be in it for the long haul, I think, which is what interests me about that. I mean, he's 21 and 13 at FAU right now. That's pretty impressive, and it's and in and of itself, uh, 
because FAU has not ever had a football program. So I'm all all on board with uh, bringing him into interview and see what he can do at Florida State. And if there's one guy you got to trust at his word about being there for the long haul, it's definitely <laughs> Wayne Kelly. <laughs> Jeff, what are your what's your take here? So I think Corwin brought up some really good points about why Tagger probably shouldn't have been hired to begin with. I mean, wasn't he hired with a losing record? Wasn't that something that came out before they even hired him at Florida State? His for career his record? career? Yeah. yeah, but he. I, I think. Know. But you have to factor that we did have a start at Western Kentucky there. Yeah. Like, so, so he, yeah. And I think he, he turned it around his, I think third and fourth year. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but USF, he also had, I think good, bad, and then finished with a really good season. So I have it up in front of me. If you want to know the specifics. Yeah. So he coached at South Florida. I'm not going to consider Western Kentucky because that's whatever. Uh, He coached four years at South Florida. His first year, they went two and 10, then four and eight. Eight and five, and then ten and two, uh, winning their conference title that year. Had one season at Oregon where they went seven and five, uh, and then at Florida State he's gone five and seven, and now four and five. That's kind of a, a different problem, but since he's been there, I do think they they probably fired him too early. And the main the main issue you see, um, I mean, you guys touched on them not being disciplined. They're highly they. They get a ton of penalties. They don't play smart. But they're still just covering up the problem with the offensive line. It doesn't matter who's going to be there. They're going to have to try to recruit out of that. And you now basically have a a dead class because are they going to hire someone? I know the AD said he wants to hire someone before the end of the season, but are they going to be able to turn around and really get a great class? So it's going to take another two to three years to get that offensive line rebuilt, which is it's going to be a struggle. Two of three years having a dead class because after Jimbo left, the same thing happened. I think their yeah. their uh, December recruiting class was awful. Like they didn't end up doing anything that year compared to what Jimbo was up to before. Like Corbin alluded to. Right. Is it fair to say that some that like much the way that Tennessee has gone that this might be what Florida State is? Could be. Let 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 uh, let's have Jeff finish his thought and pick a coach, and then we can kind of dive into that if you want to, and just kind of the fandom. I was going to go with Bob Stoops, too. I, I don't think he's going to come back to the grind of recruiting, though. So I'm going to make a kind of funny pick. I think P.J. Fleck would be hilarious at Florida State. <laughs> because, one, he would put the rowboat on their helmets. And, two, it just would be great to see him stalking the sideline. And I don't know if you guys have watched Minnesota play, but he is a terrible game manager. He is like he burns two or three timeouts like in the first quarter. So it would just be great to see him there. That's definitely going to be a topic of discussion when we talk about the Penn State-Minnesota lines. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk yep. about it. Okay, so so what, what Kyle was kind of segueing right into is Florida State, is there a parallel between what Tennessee is now as a program to what Florida State has been as a program the last four years? I kind of think there is because, I mean, even under uh, old Butchie Boy out in Tennessee, I mean, they recruited well. They just could put the uh, the product out there, and I know that that Florida State's uh, recruiting class has gone down and down. They're still, as he said, nineteen in the country. You should be able to put out a competitive team with the nineteenth best recruiting class and the eleventh best recruiting class. That should be a competitive team. Uh, it's possible that this is what they're looking at, unless they get a guy in there that can that can manage this. But as you said, that's that's two to three more dead classes and 
trying to figure out your identity at that point. Now, I don't know. I don't know if the boosters or the fandom in Florida State will give it that chance to to kind of actually become something uh, because they're very much win now. But I don't know. I I could definitely see them going the way of, of uh, Tennessee. I think it might be Tennessee's problem is trying to keep up with Alabama, and Florida State's problem is going to be trying to keep up with Clemson. And right now, I don't think that's realistic for either program, at least not for a few years. I think we can all agree on that. And it's kind of the way football's gone now, right? Like, powers shift, and as we saw with, uh, I think I mentioned it maybe last episode, it only takes four or five years for you to be a blue blood, but to be almost helpless. And Michigan was almost in that situation before Harbaugh came in, and... Florida State's experiencing it now. The difference being Florida State went 40 years without having to hire a coach. It was Bowden, and then Jimbo was the coach in waiting, so there was no hire necessary. And now Taggart was really their first reach, right? And they made a mistake, so they're one for two. Well, I mean, then you kind of look at Tennessee in that in that uh, vein. They didn't start to fall apart until they got rid of Fulmer. And... Mm-hmm. Then you look at Virginia Tech, it's kind of in the same boat right there. They had Beamer for forever. Now look at him. It's kind of nice when you have one of those coaches that you can, can kind of go with for a while. Now, I know Fulmer wasn't the best coach in the world. He did win a national championship with T. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Corwin, any final thoughts before we move on from there? Is this the year that we're going to see Brent Venables finally move on from Clemson? Like if – if they somehow miss out on the playoff or if they really just can't show that they're one of the top teams this year or if they get blown out in the playoff, whatever it may be, is this the year that he finally looks out and starts interviewing with uh, head head coaching vacancies? I don't know, but Manny Diaz versus Brent Venables every year might be a lot of fun. I would be all for that. Really surprised no one said Mike Leach just for fun. (laughs) Uh, I think Mike Leach is happy with staying out of the spotlight up in Washington. I think the Coleman lifestyle is probably fitting him pretty well. Yeah, he's teaching classes now about fucking warfare. He's got it made. (laughs) Craig James is nowhere near him. Yeah, nobody's trying to fight for his job or try to get him fired for some bullshit. Yeah, no one's pretending to be locked into an electrical closet. (laughs) Coach Bro is in the NFL. (laughs) It's a win-win. So two games, just kind of briefly, that I'll go over here, and then we can kind of talk about the context of it. Utah beat Washington at Washington, and Oregon went down to USC and absolutely just manhandled them. Quite literally, it was a very chippy game. Do we think that Utah... Or Oregon, if they win out from here, and whoever wins the conference championship, that there's a clear path into the playoff for them? And which team would you favor to win out to actually make the playoffs? I don't think that there's a clear path for them. I think they are going to be stuck with waiting for one of the top teams to lose um, outside of, you know, LSU, Alabama. Um it's going to be tough. I mean, I personally think Oregon has the upper hand. I think they're a more complete team all around uh, and just have more 
X factor players to really push them through and uh, win out over Utah. But unless Oklahoma loses or unless Clemson loses, I think it's going to be a tough bet trying to get uh, a Pac-12 team in the playoff this year. I think Ohio State, if they went out, like they're obviously in. Mm -hmm. I think if Alabama and LSU only have the one loss to the other one and they went out, then I think both of them are making it. And then Clemson either has to completely drop the ball. It comes down to Clemson for me. Clemson has to lose. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the other side of that. Do you think that, um, let's say that uh, Alabama or LSU, you know, make it to the championship game and Georgia wins that game? Do you going to keep out a, a Georgia team with one loss? No, Georgia. No, I think they'd go to Georgia. Yeah, Georgia and goes then, in, but then you get win. the other the other team would get in from the SEC as well. I think. Yeah. So, which team do you take? The one that had the most recent loss? That's an interesting question. I would say whichever team, like let's say LSU or Alabama loses to Georgia, I think whatever team wasn't in the uh, SEC championship would make it in. I think that would just be the perfect confusing chaos to make sense in the eyes of the committee. Oh man, you guys got my head spinning. <laughs> I was trying it's to a lot, a lot of scenarios. I mean, yeah, You're sick. Like, it's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm under medication. Um, so, Corwin, you were saying that the team that lost the SEC championship would still sneak in in that scenario. No, I think the other team. Oh, okay. So, I think Georgia, if they win would get in and whatever team didn't just lose to Georgia would get in. Man, I don't know. I just, I really want to see something a little different this year. And I feel like we're kind of heading for similar results minus, I mean, obviously Notre Dame was in it last year and they have no business this year, but I don't, I don't see a PAC 12 team coming in. It's kind of unfortunate. Cause I do think if Oregon got another crack at a top team, because they're one, Bo Nix passed from being undefeated. I think they could probably hold their own. Maybe not against Clemson or Ohio State, but I think maybe against an LSU or an Alabama. You know what? That's a dumb thing to say. I honestly don't know because they're all so good. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and the, the biggest kick for me is if two is a game, you know, in air quotes, game time decision, he's definitely playing. And if Alabama loses, we know the playoff committee looks at injuries and would forgive that. So if LSU wins out, and they'll look at Alabama and go, like, their only loss was to the SEC championship. And Tua was, you know, not 100%. Now that we know he's healthy, let's go ahead and put Alabama in, too. I think it works in that scenario. And I think it also works if Georgia beats LSU, them giving Alabama another shot over LSU, as Corwin was alluding to, because it's like, oh, you know, maybe Tua wasn't healthy. They only lost to LSU by, you know, four, whatever it is. And that might have been the difference. I think that we're living in a world right now where we're going to get two more two SEC teams in, no matter what. And well, okay, this is what's going to, what's going to happen if this game between Alabama and LSU is is close, and that team that loses only has that one loss the rest of the year. The other team goes undefeated, goes to the SEC championship. These are the two scenarios: one, Georgia wins, and I think that the team that's in there with them goes to the goes to the playoffs. Two the SEC West team wins, and then the other SEC West team follows them. 
Yeah, I could see that scenario. It really is going to take LSU beating Alabama and then Alabama losing to Auburn, I think, for Oregon or Utah to have a chance at all. And that's a bummer because I'm okay with having two SEC teams, but in four out of four, four is just not enough for me, man. We can have a bigger offseason discussion, but like four is just, especially this season, just doesn't feel like it's enough. Oh, I'll yell for eight all day long. Yeah, eight all day. Speaking of Georgia, uh, they beat Florida. Georgia was 12 and 18, 12 for 18 on third downs. And all I kept seeing on Twitter at the time was the the blowback on Todd Grantham because he was just calling apparently an awful game and you give up 12 third downs, you're calling a bad game defensively. Do we think that it was Georgia beating Florida or because of something like that, that it was Florida taking themselves out of the game? Uh, I think it's Georgia beating Florida. Um, I know people just kind of wrote off Georgia after that loss. Um, and to a degree, rightfully so, they looked very bad that game. Um, but man, you have to remember how talented and how deep this team really is. I mean, they've been a top five recruiting class the past few years. They have some superstars at so many positions. Georgia has absolutely stunned me this year with how well they have been able to play consistently. Even with two losses, I think they've played like one of the toughest teams in college football. And you know what? They played a Georgia team that just was honestly better all around. I mean, their offense just couldn't stop pumping. Their defense is stout. Um, I think this is a lot more Georgia beating Florida than Florida beating itself. Okay. I think I agree. I think the Kyle Trask effect finally caught up with Florida, honestly. And Trask has been great in in place of Felipe Frank, so I'm not totally sure he's that great anyways. But he did his best, and Florida could run the ball. That was one of the biggest things is for a lot of this year, Florida has made a living with big run plays, and they had nothing. Like I was looking at the box score. They finished with 20 rushing yards on 19 attempts. Like That's... That's pretty wild. So, um, yeah, I mean, Georgia was lights out. If we weren't totally sure Georgia had a dominant defense, I think this game proved that they do. And I, I'm not, I'm still not totally sure that their offense is great, but their offensive line really held their own against a Florida defensive line that I think's regarded as a pretty great one. And if that offensive line gets cooking like people expected it to, like it didn't against South Carolina, then I don't like their chances against an Alabama or LSU necessarily, but I do think they at least aren't hammered by those teams. I honestly think that Georgia can take out Alabama this year. Uh, There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to. I think that their defense can do enough. I'm not really that enamored with Tua. And... I think their offense can do enough to uh, to get them a win. Any other thoughts before I move on? Uh, not really. Okay, that's cool. All right, so I'm going to start just kind of doing some quick hits here and wrap us up kind of with the last 10 minutes of the show, okay? So feel free to stop, bring up whatever you want to bring up. Michigan uh, beat the shit out of Maryland. The only note I have on this is Maryland's first two games, they scored 142 points. And since then, they've scored 124. I thought that was pretty important, (laughs) only because uh, I don't think I can ever remember a team doing that. Well, they played that stout Syracuse defense in the second game, so (laughs) 
And what happened? Didn't, didn't the first two games were like the only games when they had like their top two quarter, quarterbacks? Yeah, this no, time? they 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 are Maryland is a is a cursed program, and there's an older post on on SB Nation on their Maryland blog, and it was something. I think it was from. It was detailing the injuries they had from like 2015 or 2017. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember, but like every time, basically a quarterback played for Maryland, uh, their ACL would just explode, or <laughs> or a key position player would get hurt. Uh, they've really had a tough go on there, and I don't know if, if maybe it's a strength and conditioning thing. <laughs> maybe maybe they just need the right strength and conditioning coach with like the right mustache to come in. Well, it's not like they've had any had any major issues or scandals with their strength and conditioning in the past, you know, <laughs> yeah. year. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, More conditioning even... than anything. That staff yeah. is all gone, so. <laughs> yeah, that's a... I, uh, I kind of forgot about that. UVA looked really good against uh, UNC. Bryce Perkins is the untouchable man. He had 378 yards in the air, three touchdowns passing. He ran for another 112 and had two touchdowns. He is Kyler Murray light and... Uh, I, I'm excited for UVA when they get to a ball game just to see what he's what he's doing. I hope he stays healthy. Two other quarterbacks that had really fun ones, uh, TCU and Oklahoma State played. Chubba Hubbard was a difference, but Max Duggan and Spencer Sanders are both really fun, both running the ball a ton. Oklahoma State's kind of catching a rhythm, I think, maybe. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering if maybe Oklahoma should be concerned about that when it comes to bedlam time. They should be oh, concerned about be. Mike, Mike Gundy's hair, too. <laughs> he's a man we're he's a we, man we're, this, is over a 40. this is a podcast that appreciates he's well over 40 now we appreciate that hair uh if nothing else because there's a couple of bad gimmicks in football but that that mullet ain't it Wake uh that mullet is it thank you you think much. it's a bad thing oh i love the mullet Okay, it's no, it. that's what I'm saying. That's what I, I think we're we got our. Oh, yeah. I was saying that there are bad things. That mullet is not. Yeah, the, as in Marty, not you have to remember. I'm incredibly stupid. No, 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 no. It's listen. <laughs> you didn't choose to go to Penn State. So Wake Forest. Uh, <laughs> Wake, <laughs> Wake, Wake, Wake Forest is on, <laughs> Wake Forest is on the roll. Uh, on the roll. Fuck me. Wake Forest uh, is on, on the, the roll. roll. All right. So Kyle. Dinner roll. Kyle was a Wake Forest hater. And he didn't. No, do I'm just it. still honoring Skip Prosser. Okay. All right. Uh, so oh we didn't. God. Jesus. So we didn't. He didn't boast when Louisville beat Wake Forest, and he had a chance to, which I respect Kyle for doing that because he he will boast when he gives gets a chance. Do we think that this Wake Forest team? Well, this is to do a raw number percentage chance that they can beat Clemson at Clemson later this year, Corwin. 15. Jeff. Yeah, I was going to say about 10%. 10. Kyle. I'll hang at 10 around, yeah, around 10. Oh, man. All right. So I think it's. I, I did not believe, think 15 I, would be. I want to believe that. Yeah, me either, Gord. <laughs> I, I really. Like, I want to. I have faith in it. It's it's Syracuse from last year. Yeah, they didn't have Sage Rot. There we go. No, we had better receivers. Ooh, hot Ooh, take. That's, that's debatable. Jamal Custis would love to fight him. So here's the, here's the only reason I have probably a 20% for Wake Forest, maybe 25%, is Wake Forest's strength on defense is against the run. And I think that this year's proven that Trevor Lawrence can be 
he can be had, right? Louisville did for like the whole first quarter, and there's plenty of other games where he hasn't looked very good. I think that if they can stop ATN, I think they have a chance. And and the only thing that that makes me kind of believe That's that a, a good rush F. defense, dude, I, I I I thought that I really did, and then SMU held Gainwell to like very like barely a hundred yards, and I didn't think there was a chance in hell and. SMU isn't what Wake Forest is, despite Wake, Wake I think, is like their ninth best, like their 39th. Yeah, but Gainwell is an Etienne. Ain't he? Etienne's averaging nine yards per rush this season. That's what Gainwell was. Uh, I guess different competition. I think Wake Forest is a 25% chance. Let's move on. SMU <laughs> lost to Memphis. I don't even want to talk about it, uh, except for one thing. All right, I'll bring up one thing about it. So, SMU lost. They lost by six points. It wasn't even that close, I don't think. It's just Shane Bichelle will not be stopped. Man, I love him. But the difference was the special teams. I'm going to read off every drive and the position that Memphis started. So Memphis started their drives at their own 48, 50, 30, SMU's 45, their own 44, 47, 41. Ooh, they finally started at their two. That was after a, a fantastic Bichelle punt. They started at their two again after another Bouchelle punt, and then they started at their 46, 22, 21, and then at SME 48 to end the game. Quick math here, they started at their own 40, basically. <laughs> like, you can't, against that offense, you can't do that, and SMU could not get off the field defensively, and it's a, it's a shame because I think that if SMU is completely healthy, at least we have overtime. <laughs> Speaking of not getting off the field, Syracuse fired their defensive coordinator. Kyle, how many yards did they give up on the ground? 496. Let's go ahead oh and... School record oh, my God. It's a school record, and it's a record for this season on yards, Jesus. rushing yards given up in FBS versus FBS. Not to mention that their, uh, their walk-on quarterback went 8 for 10 with 195 yards and three touchdowns. Sign him. That's who's going to get transferred. He's going to transfer to Florida State and pull him up. By their shoelaces with just, the new coach. I can't, man. The team is tapped out. Syracuse is tapped out. Uh, Notre Dame almost lost to a third-string quarterback. Are we glad that Notre Dame, once again, are we glad Notre Dame's out of the playoff conversation? Yes. yes. Perpetually, cool. yes. Excellent. So, any final thoughts? We're going to wrap up this review show. Uh, Penn State won the bye week. That's all i got to say. I don't understand that one bit. Uh, Syracuse won the bye week last week. Actually, you do have a good point. I got one question. We got three weeks left. Are any other coaches fired next uh, week? Like, honestly, the fact in that general, yeah, probably the fact that the USC that Clayton after USC got hammered that Helton is not gone is beyond me. Yeah, I think we'll definitely see uh, more firings. I couldn't tell you who the next one is. Chad Morris. Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, that's a Chad good Morris one. is it. I think Chad Morris might be it, especially if they yeah. lose to Western Kentucky this week. They're dreadful. What about Scott Frost? No, Scott Frost is going to be safe. He's a he's he's the messiah there. No, Scott it, Frost started. Yeah, it, if it doesn't work for with Scott Frost, I don't know where Nebraska goes, and I think they know that. But I also think that Scott Frost. Oh my God! <laughs> go back to nine wins a year, baby. <laughs> I think what they're, that what they're going to do is they're going to fire Scott Frost and bring in Willie Taggart. 
Can you imagine? Now that would be that would be something. Now, I do have a hot take that I want to end with. It won't matter if Wake Forest beats Clemson because on my birthday, November 30th, Happy Syracuse birthday. will beat Wake Forest. <laughs> oh, are you calling the shot? <laughs> is it at Wake Forest? It. it is not. It is at the Dome. Yikes. All right, Kyle. Yeah, oh, can, I put a, can I put a bet against that? Yeah, can we short? Where do you short sell? Where's the button to short sell? Is that a short joke? Is that because I'm yes. short? Uh, no, actually, it wasn't, but now it is. So, how tall are you? Five, five. I'm six, eight. I couldn't even hear him. You're six, eight? <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. Are you for real? Why yeah. is everybody in my life over six foot God, two? Six, eight, Corwin. Why aren't you playing fucking receiver for Penn State? I'm white. Why aren't you playing tight end? Why aren't you playing tight end uh, for actually, Penn State? That's a, that's a much better question. <laughs> um, because I weigh about 135 pounds. Okay, cool. Very deadlift shrimp of you. <laughs> How do you fit in your bunk jokes. bed? Um, why would I have a bunk bed? Do you live on oh, campus? No, nah, I have a house off campus. That's what Kyle had at the Tennessee. <laughs> they had bunk beds still. <laughs> no, no, not a Tennessee. No. No, no, I have a California queen bed. Oh. Thank you very much. Couldn't spring for the king. Ooh. Uh, it would not have fit. Fancy Cal- California queen. Here. That's going to be James Franklin's nickname when he goes to USC next year. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Corwin, say bye. Bye. Kyle, say bye. Bye. Jeff? Bye. Say, uh, say anything but bye. Just This is your bit, Jeff. You still can't get the bit. I've run Hello. out. I've used everything I had. Corwin, what language did you take in high school? Uh, German and Latin. How do you say goodbye in German? Uh, giant. I didn't hear because Kyle. <laughs> we're just going to talk over each other. If we're like being super casual, like we usually do, a nice tschüss. Tschüss. All right, Jeff, Afridazen. Go ahead. Afridazen. All right, guys, thank you all for joining us on our review show. Remember, at RunPodOption on Twitter, we appreciate it. Corwin's going to stick around for the review show. I'm sorry, not the review show, the pick show, which we're going to be releasing on Wednesday. Uh, Enjoy week 11, and you'll be hearing our picks soon.